You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it The Money Pit is presented by Easy Breathe. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with your home improvement project. So help yourself first. Pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Look around your house. Peek outside around your yard. What's a project that you either have to get done that could be a fix or an update, or remodel, or maybe you want to talk about your plan for some portion of your house in the future. We'd love to help you set those projects in motion, but help yourself first by calling us right now at 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974, because that's what we do. We are your coaches. We are your supporters, your consultants, and most importantly, we're free. 888-666-3974. Hey, coming up this hour, we're going to talk about winter storms and the damage that they leave behind. Because while most of that damage can be obvious, you know, like when the tree falls over on your house, there's also a lot of hidden damage that can occur. And that starts to show its ugly head many months or sometimes even years later. So we're going to have some tips on how you can give your house a good checkup after winter to make sure there's no damage that's both visible or invisible. And have you hesitated to tackle a painting project because you've had trouble landing on a perfect color? Well, we're going to share the secrets to picking that perfect color combination. And if you have a finished or unfinished basement or even a crawl space, it's always a challenge to keep that space dry. So we'll have some solutions just ahead. But most importantly, we're here to talk to you. So give us a call. Let us know whatever it is you are working on. We're here to lend a hand, whether you're painting, redoing a kitchen or rebuilding an entire house. We're here for you. 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Heading up north to Windsor, Ontario, where Richard, funny enough, has home improvement problems too. It seems like all things aren't better in Canada. They still have home improvement problems. What's going on? We live in a, a ranch house with um, a crawl space, and the crawl space is probably about four feet deep, and um, three, three and a half, four feet deep. And on the inside of the crawl space, on the in, inner foundation walls, uh, it has been uh, weeping tiled on the inside of the foundation walls. So at least there is some weeping tile getting groundwater. <clears throat> the question I have is more on the outside of the house where there is no weeping tile installed. And the lay of the land is not exactly... Optimal for drainage? <laughs> op- optimal, you know, toward, toward the road, you know. Right. So it's... It, it is swaled to an extent, but not not ideal. So the question I have is with that water coming down, say when the troughs overflow or, you know, heavy rains, <clears throat> to protect the foundation of the wall and, and the, the, the general perimeter, would it be advisable to lay down something like pond liner or, or some other s- sort of 
thicker material to allow for the um, uh, to allow the water to not accumulate around the perimeter as much. Yeah, I understand your question. You're basically looking for a way to keep water away from the foundation, which is smart. I will tell you, though, even though you may not have optimal drainage in terms of the site, most of the water that affects foundations is water that's coming off of the roof into the gutters and out of the spouts. So that, therefore, becomes the easiest way to manage it. Uh, generally, if you want to assess how well your house is doing with that, you want to kind of do a mental picture in terms of how much roof is going to each downspout. And we are looking for somewhere around uh, 400 to 600 square feet or maybe even 800 square feet of roof surface per spout. If it's more than that, then the spouts are probably undersized and can easily become overflowing. The other thing, of course, is to make sure they're clean. And the most important thing is to look at where they terminate. Now, contractors in the U.S. and in Canada have a really bad habit of taking those downspouts and turning them out just a few inches at the bottom and letting them drain into a splash block that may be a a couple of feet long at most. If you're trying to keep your foundation dry, though, that water needs to get four, five, six feet away from the foundation because then it's going to drain into the soil out there and not totally saturate the soil right around your house. And managing that discharge is the surest and fastest and easiest and least expensive way to take care of that moisture. Sure, we could talk about curtain drains and all that sort of thing, but I don't think it's necessary because I found that most water problems that I've seen uh, in all the years I've been doing this show and in the 20 years that I was a professional home inspector, almost all of them can be solved by managing, better managing the gutters and the downspouts. It really comes to be that easy. I often have trouble convincing people it's that simple, but it really is. You know, if you keep the water away from that foundation perimeter uh, that's sourcing off the roof, you will see a big difference in those conditions that you're observing. Well, thank you. Yeah, the, the biggest problem area is one large, long valley. And during those heavy rains, that particular area will just overflow and, you know, regardless of the size of the troughs, it's just such a torrent of water. Right. Um, I'm, I'm thinking right. that I should maybe install a copper box to uh, with with its own downspout right there or else maybe a couple of splash guards or something. I'm not sure. So here, I know what you're talking about. So there are t- certain roof configurations where there's not enough room for a gutter or a gutter that's big enough. So what you could do is is do something like that, or you could just put in a deeper gutter. The, the standard gutters are, are uh, four-inch K-style gutters. I, in my house, when I redid my roof, I had the roofer upgrade them to six-inch K-style, and I knew it was going to handle more water, but I was also impressed by the fact that the darn things almost never clog because the spouts are so much bigger. And the other thing that you could do up on that roof is you could put diverters in higher up that valley. And a diverter is simply like a piece of a, 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 think of it like a piece of angle iron, but it's made out of aluminum. It's usually like drip flashing that you use over doors. And you lay that down on the roof and you basically uh, sort of uh, seal it down with asphalt roof cement and some screws that have rubber washers in them. So, and you pierce that roof shingle, lay it right in there. And then if you think about it as the water, that torrent of water you described comes down on the roof, it hits that diverter and starts to spread out further on the roof. So it gets into different parts of the gutter system than just that one corner where it always overflows. Oh, very informative. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right. Well, good luck with that project. We appreciate you checking in with us from Windsor, Ontario.
Gloria in Massachusetts is on the line with the money pit looking for some help with a basement bathroom. What can we do for you? I have one of those soapstone uh, old-fashioned subtubs. It, it works good. There's no leakage. But what we do, my brother Roger recycles cans, and sometimes he gets the, the, the cement uh, cemented ground uh, wet. And so I remember on one of your programs, somebody was saying about they want to put like a, a small just regular rug, and you said that's not good because it could get moldy. So you just want something small, like, for to stand on in front of the sink kind of a thing? Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. I would use a foam mat, or, you know, the, there's a lot of different types of mats that are out, like the kind you put in front of your kitchen sink that are thick and soft and made of foam, and that'll be fine. That'll give you some relief on your, on your feet. You just don't want to put a carpet down because when you put carpet down, it holds a lot of water, and it can get moldy, and you can get... Uh, allergens that get in there, it will support dust mite growth and that sort of thing. But any type of a vinyl uh, mat would work well. They also have floor tiles that are made like for garages that are kind of like rubberized and they have holes in them and they lock together like big puzzle pieces. You can get some of them, but just anything but carpet is fine. Okay, so you said a foam or a vinyl mat? Yep, yeah, vinyl mat. You know, uh, in my house, in my kitchen, we've got like a two-foot by three-foot uh, thick mat that gives your feet some relief when you're, when you're basically standing in front of the kitchen. And I'm thinking of it because it's made of like a rubbery foam. And, you know, there's no stress when you're on it. And you can just pick it up and wash it off, and it's good to go. Okay, but the the bottom would still be rubber, like the bottom of it? No, it's like, like it's, it's, it's rubber, it's vinyl, it's foam. It's just, look, anything but carpet is going to work, Gloria, okay? okay? Anything okay. but a rug, all right? Okay. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call. We'd love to hear what you are working on, whether it's a big project or a small project. We're here to lend a hand. 888-666-3974. Up next, big storms can leave a lot of obvious structural damage in their wake, but there can also be hidden damage that turns into big expenses later on. We'll have tips on how to check your house for damage big and small, seen and unseen, in today's Pro Project, presented by HomeAdvisor.com, next. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The 
Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. We'd love to hear what you're working on or planning to work on for the days ahead, including spring projects, right? I mean, it's almost going to be time to get outside and work on those outdoor living jobs like the patios and the decks. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor, the fast and easy way to find the right pro for any kind of home project, whether it's a small repair or a major remodel. Tom in Arizona, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? Talk to me about this thing called stainless steel that stains stainless steel appliances and how you clean them. Yeah, stainless steel and the stains that follow it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, everybody thinks it's indestructible and, and, you know, always stays beautiful and silvery looking and all of that. But, it, you know, it is indestructible, but it doesn't stay pretty. You know, it's used a lot in commercial kitchens for a very good reason because it's very, very durable. But if you want it to look, you know, shiny like chrome all the time, that's just not going to happen. So you got to kind of accept that. It's like if you have copper. We had somebody that called once and said, you know, I can't keep my copper gutters without turning green. I'm like, people pay extra for that. You know, that's called patina. It's like the natural way copper turns. And with stainless, it's going to get stained and it's going to get discolored and you're going to have to polish it probably more than you'd like to. But that's just kind of the way it rolls. Right, Leslie? I mean, it definitely is. And, you know... It's interesting because some of the appliances have made that turn towards the non-fingerprinting stainless um, because it's amazing how quickly stainless steel does get fingerprinty. And one thing I didn't realize, which I should have before I got my stainless fridge, is that you can't put a magnet on it. So then it's like all the fun things you'd put up of your kids, you know, it's kind of useless. You can't put any of those things up. And in fact, some now manufacturers are putting a magnet, uh, you know, a magnetic backing on their stainless so that you can do that. That'd be a big problem in my house. I don't think I've seen the refrigerator right. door since it was delivered. I mean, it's true, but there are, you know, special products that are meant for cleaning stainless steel. It's important that when you do clean the stainless, that you wipe it in the grain of the stainless itself because you can then scratch it and cause like a weird swirling pattern. Um, in my opinion, it's gorgeous, and I think it's worth the work. So, you know, it's just something you got to deal with, unfortunately. What products What products would you suggest or process to clean? You know, the one that I actually like actually comes in a wipe format, and it's called um, Wyman. It's W-E-I-M-A-N. I know you can get it at Walmart or Bed Bath & Beyond. You can get it in a spray. You can get it in the wipe. I think the wipe kind of just makes it, you know, the easiest to deal with. Plus, then you end up with extra liquid at the bottom, and you can use regular rags when you're done. But I think the important thing is, you know, use a product that's meant for stainless, and you'll find that you have good success with it. Okay. Is there any type of polish to put over that then to help preclude uh, getting stained again right away? I don't think so because you're not going to be able to like buff this to keep it clean in that sense. So I think it's just a matter of wiping it down on a regular basis. It's more of a maintenance issue, Tom. Okay. Thank you very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, major weather events like snowstorms leave a lot of obvious structural damage in their wake, but there can also be hidden damage that turns into big expenses later on. We have some tips now on how to check your house after a storm in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Okay, first, let's talk about foundations. You know, if you have heavy accumulations of water after that snow melts, that can cause a home's foundation to weaken and ultimately even fail. So check your foundation carefully along both the outdoor and the indoor walls, looking for any areas that are cracked or bulged. 
Next, you've got to identify flooded electrical fixtures. Now, anything that's been underwater should definitely be replaced. And this includes outlets, appliances, and major system machinery like your furnace. Now, contaminants in water can damage those sensitive components, leading to malfunctions and then electrical fires. So you have to be careful. Can't tell you how many times I've, I've seen folks uh, have those circuits get wet and think they can just keep using them. But no, if they've been underwater, they've got to be replaced. And also, we got to talk about high winds, right? Because they can take a big toll on the outer sort of skin of your home, and that can cause damage in a lot of areas. So check out every side of your house from the ground. You can check it for loose siding, metal trim, and soffits that may have loosened up. Give special attention to that roof because driving rain can push up under roof shingles and cause leaks. So if you've got loose flashing around chimneys and plumbing vents, that kind of thing can lead to some pretty significant leak issues. Now, there are some post-storm repairs that you can handle on your own, but for bigger and more pervasive problems, it really is best to call in a pro. And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free. No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. Kim in Missouri's online has a question about a countertop. What can we do for you today? Earlier this year, I remodeled my bathroom, and I had a new vanity put in, and I had a black, it came with a black granite countertop, the kind that's shiny. Yep. And for some reason, one of the handles in the base of the faucet, it almost looks like a hard water stain or a hard water deposit. I can't get it off. It almost has a rough feeling. Nowhere else on the countertop looks like that. I've tried everything. And I'm afraid I've ruined it, but do you have any suggestions for me? I wonder if it's a manufacturing defect, Leslie. I mean, it very well could be. So tell us, where is this exactly? It's basically around the right faucet, the base of the right faucet, mm-hmm. and then the right handle, and then the um, base of the faucet. And I've tried, like, all the things they recommend. I bought it at a, a big box store. Okay. And I've tried all the things they recommend there. And I've tried, I haven't tried anything, you know, like um, anything abrasive at all. And the rest of the counter looks fine, but those t- two areas just won't come off. So you're thinking that this is something that's like a st- staining this particular surface as opposed to just a defect in the original material. Is that correct? Yes, I'm thinking it is because I don't remember seeing it when they first installed it. Hmm. But, I mean, within a week or two after I saw that, but... It almost looks like a hard water stain around them. Mm-hmm. Have you tried white vinegar? Yes. You did, okay. Because that's usually, if it's a hard water stain or some sort of mineral in the water, that's going to be the trick. And I'm really afraid to try a lot of things because they said you can like damage the granite if you use the wrong cleaner. Now, you mentioned this was installed. Um, have you thought about contacting the original installers or the, the company that you work with for it? Because they may have um, access to some products that you don't. And it sounds like you tried all the basic over-the-counter type approaches here that you might need a professional to come in and fix this up for you. Okay, I could try that. I went to the like said, the original big box store, and I went to the department and said, where I purchased this at. Mm-hmm. The people that did my bathroom said, where do you clean this with? And they showed me that, but that didn't seem to work. And they've even, I even read articles that you should use something like um, ivory on it, like with a non-abrasive cloth. I've tried that, but like I said, it looks good when it's wet, but when it dries, it still comes back. Yeah. You know, what it might be that you, you may have worn off some of the finish. And once you do that, then 
stains get into the stone itself. So I suspect this is going to be something you're going to need some professional help with. So I wouldn't, even if it's not the store you bought it from, you know, there are going to be companies out there that specialize in granite cleaning and polishing because everyone that has these types of surfaces in their home, I think when you originally buy it, you think, well, it's natural material. I'm never going to have to do anything with it. But the truth is they often need to be repolished and resealed from time to time to keep looking good. And so that's, I think, what I would do at this point since you've tried all the basics that you can try. I would just get a professional in to refinish this for you. Oh, thank you so much, because like I said I was afraid I'd ruin the whole countertop for this one little area. Yeah, well, you could. I mean, you could if you keep going. That's why I think you've tried everything that is reasonable for you to try. And I would get online to a site like HomeAdvisor.com and find a professional in your particular area, read the reviews, find somebody that sounds good, and give them a shot. I had no idea where to go. Thank you. I will try that so much. Good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Hey, have you hesitated to tackle a paint project because you had trouble landing on that perfect color? We're going to share some tips to pick the right color for you right out of the gate after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by Easy Breathe Ventilation Systems. Don't stay trapped breathing stale, dirty air this winter. Call Easy Breathe and save 20% on clean, fresh indoor air all the time. Call 866-822-7328 or visit easybreathe.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on? Home improvement, remodeling, repair project, decor dilemma, thinking about planning a project for the spring ahead give us a call right now we'd love to help you get started 
or figure out what's going wrong and how to fix it. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. Find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top-rated pros for free. Well, painting is the easiest and least expensive way to completely change the look of your room. But unfortunately, it's still something many do-it-yourselfers are shying away from. Now, the main reason is too much of a good thing. The colors available in the paint aisle of your local home centers can really make your head spin. Very true. But if you can prevent yourself from becoming overwhelmed at the rainbow of paint chips, you will find that a new coat of paint can do wonders to perk up a tired room. With us to talk about that is Kevin O'Connor, the host of TV's This Old House. Welcome, Kevin. Hi, guys. Great to be here. So why do people always get that sort of deer-in-the-headlights feeling when they think about choosing a paint color? Have you ever seen the paint wheel? Yes. Yeah, kind of <laughs> Which one? I have like a dozen. And and aren't they all like, you know, 300 colors, Beautiful. four, five? Oh, no, way too much. Leslie, you are so right. It is overwhelming. And if you're a guy, you're at a bigger disadvantage because you probably are colorblind like me. <laughs> <laughs> it can be overwhelming. And I think one of the reasons is lots of choices, as you say. But, you know, whatever decision you make, you're going to be living with it for a long time. You're not going to want to repaint your walls every year. So you've got to pick that color that works just right. That being said, even though it may feel overwhelming, it is an inexpensive and effective way to make Mm. a big change so people should not steer away from it. What are some tips for picking that perfect color? Well, I think you have to understand that color is basically style and styles have trends. They come and go, right? And so always be thinking about what are the trends that you're seeing right now. And as it turns out, gray is sort of, for some reason, the big trend. People are using gray all over the place, different shades of gray. So that is good to know. 50 shades of gray. That too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Using that for something else, I suspect. But, um, you know, so it's good to know that there are trends out there. You probably want to find them so that you feel like the job that you're doing is going to be contemporary and well-received. The one caution there is that, obviously, because it's a trend, trends change. Mm-hmm. So you may have yep. to actually change with the trends over the coming years. Or utilize that trendy color in a smarter or smaller application so that if it does change or you tire of it, it's easier and more manageable to do so. Well, you definitely can be thinking about accent colors and little places where you can Mm -hmm. dress up a room with just one color. And so think about some of the beautiful details that a lot of rooms have or that you can add. A ceiling medallion would be a great way to introduce a pop of color. Wainscoting is a beautiful architectural detail. We often think about it as painting it white or just off-white. But why not give it its own color? It's not the entire room, but you can bring some of those trendy colors in through those things. Same thing with molding details and such. Well, and I think one of the bigger trends this year, and we've been seeing it's sort of recurring throughout this year and for the next year is that the trend is to paint trim sort of in the similar color family to your wall color, maybe a shade darker with a different sheen, just to sort of bring in that color, you know, in a little bit more pungent or powerful way. We have worked with a number of designers who have done just that. And quite honestly, a lot of times we just leave those decisions to the designers because they really know what they're doing. But just like you said, Leslie, the wall color is, call it a a bluish color, and in the trim is sort of a lighter, slightly different color of the blue. And the ceiling, yet again, Mm -hmm. maybe drop it down another tone or two. Play with it like that. And to my surprise, I would have thought, oh, this is going to make a very busy room. This is not going to work. Done right? Soothing. It's a very good effect. Now, what about complementary colors beyond that? Is it true that opposites attract? (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things that the designers always talk to us about is this idea of complementary colors. And what that means is if you look at the colors on a color wheel, you pick one color from one side, and then you look at the other side of the color wheel, and that would be a complementary color. For example, 
red and green are on opposite sides of that color wheel. Now, you know, that may sound a little bit Christmassy if you think, oh, I'm going to paint the room with red and greens, but it doesn't have to be just a bold red or a bold green. You can be thinking about sage green for your walls, and then the cabinets could be a dark cherry, which have the reddish hues. In that situation, you're using that idea Mm -hmm. of complementary colors. So what if you are inspired by something else in the environment, something that you have in your home? Maybe it's a drape, a cushion, maybe it's a leaf, some color that you really find resonates well with you and you want to match that? Do you try to match it up against the paper samples or is there a better way? Well, it's a good place to start. You know, Take some sort of a feature in the house that you love. And, and again, we work with designers who do this all of the time and say that is going to be the focal point right there. And you might not have to replicate it perfectly, but want to play off mm-hmm. of it. And the good news is, is that if you go to the home centers, the paint mixing technology right now is so sophisticated that you can pretty much bring in a swatch of anything, that curtain, that pillow, another paint color, and give it to them. And they can do a really good job of matching that color or giving you a hue or two off of exactly that color so that you can now play off of that feature that you want to play up. You know, and I think another interesting technology point is that so many of the paint manufacturers have on their websites or have apps where you can sort of upload a picture of your room and then apply their paint colors to it, so to speak, in the application so you can see it. Imagine the old process of looking at a room and putting up some test paint on the wall in a little corner or something like that, and then trying to have to imagine what Mm -hmm. that entire room would look like and make all these big decisions. Well, flash forward to today and do just what you said, Leslie. Take a picture and paint the room virtually. Boy, that really gives you a leg up on making those sorts of decisions without having to do all the messy work of getting out the paint can and putting it up on the wall. Mm -hmm. But I will say that's a pretty good method, too, is to actually get it up on the wall. Get away from those small little paint chips if you can. Use a much bigger paint chip or take a section of the wall, you know, three by five, four by eight, and paint it there so that you can see it in the room. See how it adjusts to the light between morning, evening, during the day. Good advice. Kevin O'Connor from TV's This Old House. Thank you so much for stopping by The Money Pit. My pleasure, guys. All right. Catch the current season of This Old House and Ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you on PBS by The Home Depot. Just ahead, if you've got a finished or unfinished basement or even a crawl space, it's always a challenge to keep that space dry. We'll have a solution after this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. 
making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you with your home improvement projects, give us a call at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. They really have the best local pros for any home service. Yeah, that's right. You know, it doesn't matter what the project is. They make it fast and easy to find those top-rated pros. And there are no membership fees. It's 100% free to use. HomeAdvisor.com. Ruth in Michigan has got a window question. What can we do for you? My windows um, fogged up, and they had condensation on them, on the centers of them, as well as when it was really cold two years ago, I actually had frost on the inside of the window. And I, I didn't know what's wrong with the windows. What do we need to do with them? They were... Uh, put in new about 25 years ago. Okay. So that that could be the problem, the age factor. So now when you say you see frost and condensation, is that on the interior side or are you sort of seeing it in between the two panes of glass? On the interior. Okay. So generally what's happening is that the thermal seal, the gas that's in between those two panes of glass that regulates that temperature difference, mm-hmm. when you're starting to see condensation or when you see freezing on the interior, that means that the gas that was in between those two panes isn't there anymore. So you're not getting that thermal, you know, space in there to block that heat or the coolness transfer. And that can happen because there's a seal within the windows um, that eventually will fail. You know, it's not guaranteed to fail, but a window that's 25 years old, it's a good chance that that's no longer functioning for you. And I think at this point, that's not something that's really worth repairing, you know, or you should look into a replacement window for that, which, you know, could be super affordable. You can find some great prices out there, and then you'll be able to get one that's truly thermal pain and help you with all of your, you know, cool transferring situations. Okay. Uh, so I may have to replace my windows is what you're saying rather than try to repair them. Well, that's right. Once the window seal fails, it's not repairable. Now, generally, it doesn't result in a huge energy loss. Uh, it's mostly inconvenient because, as you've learned, they'll condense and fog. But if you want it to go away, you have to replace the windows. It's not repairable. Okay, but it, it, you're saying it doesn't necessarily reduce the insulation factor, huh? It does to a certain extent. It's certainly not as efficient as a new window. But are you going to get a return on investment by replacing that window that's going to equal the amount of energy you saved? Probably not, or not, certainly not for a long time. Okay, that's what I was wondering about that, too. Okay, that's been very helpful. I wasn't sure what was wrong, and I was wondering whether replacements would be the best option or not. Well, now you know. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you have a finished or even an unfinished basement, or maybe even a crawl space, it's always a challenge to keep that space dry. And with all that moisture, those spaces can be breeding grounds for mold and a variety of allergens. So taking steps to stem that moisture is important, and one product that can help you do just that is called Easy Breathe. Now, Easy Breathe is a ventilation system that takes moisture out of the air and then improves indoor air quality by helping remove odors, allergens, chemicals, mold spores, danders, soil gases, all manners of indoor air pollutants. Now, it works by exhausting the stale air from below-grade spaces as as well as the contaminants and moisture that come with it, and then it replaces it with fresh air, thereby creating a healthier atmosphere. 
Yeah, and as a result, Easy Breathe customers report they have less coughing, less sneezing, and a decrease in allergy and asthma triggers. Plus, the product helps balance temperatures by keeping the air moving and not allowing for stagnant spaces. You can learn more about Easy Breathe, the healthy, happy home people, at easybreathe.com or call 866-822-7328. Again, that's Easy Breathe, B-R-E-A-T-H-E dot com or 866-822-7328. Ian in North Carolina is on the line and wants to build a recording studio. We might be able to help with that. <laughs> well, I am, uh, it's kind of a bucket list project. Um, I uh, was given my grandmother's old house and um, they built on an extension of the house and I'm trying to convert it into just that, a, a semi-professional recording studio. And um, I've done a little research on this acoustic foam stuff, but it's ridiculously expensive. And I'm trying to figure out a, a, a different method to basically achieve the same effect. First of all, if you want to soundproof a, a, a room in a residential home, you have to use materials that are specifically designed to do that. Probably the least expensive way to do it is with a material called sound proof drywall or sound resistant drywall there's a couple of different brands that sell this product but essentially what you would do is you would put a second layer of drywall over the existing layer and this new drywall has like sound resistant capabilities to it or qualities to it so it absorbs uh, the sound and, and keeps it nice and quiet where the rubber meets the road with this is at the penetrations to the wall. So if there's a light, an outlet, or a switch, there are some very specific steps you have to take in those areas to soundproof them. And there's like a, like a putty that has to be installed around it. it you know, it's, it's quite involved. But that's the least expensive way to probably to do this. You know, generally when you have sound-resistant construction, you have kind of a wall inside of a wall so that the two walls are not touching each other. Like floating. Yeah, kind of like floating, like a non-bearing wall. Right, right, okay. But, you know, you could do that to the walls and the ceilings, but then what do you do about the floor? Right, okay. So, you know, take a look at, at soundproof drywall and and see if that kind of gets you closer to where you want to go on this, okay? That sounds great. Thank you so much. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Hey, is replacing your windows a do-it-yourself project? We'll have the answer next. Live in the Money Pit. Money Pit. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to help you with your home improvement projects, give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor, the fast and easy way to find the best home service pros in your area. You can read reviews and book appointments online, all for free. But you've got two pros here right now, so post your questions to the community section, just like Rick from Crystal Springs, Mississippi did. Now, Rick writes, I want to know if putting in replacement windows is a do-it-yourself job. I've got a brick house with the original aluminum frame, single-pane windows, and they're super cold and drafty. Ah, yes, we know exactly what you're talking about with that kind of window, Rick. It is a miserable window. (laughs) I wish it was never invented. They're very, very cold and drafty, and there's nothing you can do with them. Now, to your question about whether replacing those windows is DIY or not, I say this. You know, if you have a traditional uh, double-hung window, wood window in, inside of a, you know, with maybe some storm windows on it. I mean, that's kind of the average sort of replacement window setup. 
That you possibly could do it yourself if you're a very handy person. However, with these metal windows in a brick house, I say not because there's actually a bit of reconstruction that has to be done because if this is the type of window I'm thinking about, you really don't have a traditional window jam. And as a result, that will have to be built as part of the window replacement project. So I'd say that this kind of job probably is not do it yourself, even for somebody that's handy, because you don't want to get it wrong. You're going to have leaks that'll get behind those windows into that brick wall, and that can rot the exterior uh, structure of your home. So I would recommend you call a pro to get that project done, Rick. All right. Next up, Karen and Maine writes, I just removed horribly ugly wallpaper from the kitchen and living room. Oh, wait, but how does she really feel about it? (laughs) It wasn't so bad. I do love wallpaper. All right. But she writes, to my pleasant surprise, underneath is beautiful, natural, real finished, real wood paneling underneath. Most of the glue dried, which makes it easy to remove, but some is stuck pretty well. I've been using vinegar and water to soak and scrape the rest. Is there anything I should do to the paneling before I apply a liquid gold or Murphy's oil soap to it? Hmm, that's a good question. That you know, if she's got that on there, uh, because that was she also said that was what was there before it was papered over. That's probably why it's coming off so easily. Because it sounds to me like she's getting away pretty easy on this. Because typically, you know, getting rid of that paste is, is a real mess. Now, because you have real wood paneling, uh, I would wonder why you're not just going to lightly sand off the rest of that glue. Right. I mean, why scrape it? If you scratch through some of the stain, you could simply restain it and then refinish it or, or put the, you know, the finish on top of that. When you talk about liquid gold or Murphy's oil soap, that's kind of like a material used to wash wood, but it's not really a wood finish. So you may have to refinish that. I, I would think that a, a light sanding is probably a good way to go. And if you happen to cut through a dark stain, you can always restain and then you, you put a, a coat of, say, polyurethane on that. And with the walls, you could probably even use water-based polyurethane, a satin finish. It'll dry fast. It'll seal it in nice. It'll be super easy to clean going forward, right? I mean, I don't think she should keep wetting these walls down. Leslie, what do you think? No, I mean, I don't think there really is a need. And you can put a beautiful finish on it that looks really natural, but will help preserve the look of that wood. And that's probably the best way to go. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Thanks so much for spending this part of your February day with us. So we hope we've given you some tips and ideas for inspiration, perhaps to avoid some perspiration when you're thinking about getting those projects done around your house. If something comes to mind and you weren't able to get into the show today, you can always call us 24-7 at 888-MONEY-PIT, and we will grab that message and return that call the next time we are in the studio. And of course, you can also post your questions to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Money Pit or to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com. Lots of ways to reach out to us for the solutions you need for your home projects. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit.